Once again, it is What's Involved. Good to have you along with us. Uh, we're chatting something a little different uh, this evening, and, and what we're chatting about is something I think that needs to be talked about, uh, and that is stuttering. What it is, where does it come from, why it is, how it is, how we behave. We're going to jump into all of that. I have got uh, a couple of special guests with me, so let me uh, introduce uh, them in no particular order, but first up, we've got Dina Lillian, who is a speech therapist, and she does a whole bunch of stuff, so when we get to Dina, we'll we'll get all of her info there. How are you doing, Dina? Good, thank you, and thank you for the opportunity to be on your show, and I think it's a very important topic, so thank you yeah, for allowing us to or speak about stuttering. Wonderful. Uh, and another guest that we have is Wade Whitstock. Um, Wade is somebody who has been challenged with stuttering. So welcome to you, Wade. Um, yeah. Uh, so um, hi, David. Um, and again, thanks for uh, allowing us on your show. And our third guest, if you are a listener to the show on a regular basis or a fairly regular basis, you will definitely recognize this man. Uh, he is Michael Haldane. Hello, Michael. Good. Evening, David, from a cold Joburg Monday night. <laughs> it is, eh? Your winter's on its way. Right, before we, we dive into uh, this whole process, um, let's start off, and, and we're going to go through each and every one of you, and just give me a little bit of your background. Um, so, uh, we'll start off with you, Dina. Tell me a little bit about what you've done, because I know that you have a fairly extensive CV. Yes, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity again. So just a bit about myself. I'm a speech therapist with a special interest in stuttering. And I've been in the field for approximately 20 years, so quite a while. The reason I actually became a speech therapist was because as a child, I started quite severely. And I went to a couple of speech therapists until I found someone who actually helped me and gave me the tools to manage my, my stuttering. Once I was able to manage my stuttering, I decided that I wanted to go into the field of speech therapy and in order to help other people who study and give them the tools. So I went and I studied at first and I proceeded to do my master's and did my research in stuttering. I then worked at Southrand Hospital for nine years and went to work in Australia where I did a couple of courses in just furthering my education about stuttering. Um, and I am the South African representatives for the International Stuttering Association and the International Fluency Association. And stuttering is, is so big internationally and there is such a big international, international community. And um, they have annual, they have conferences every three years. And I have been fortunate enough to attend them as a keynote speaker and as a person who stutters and just listening to the world about stuttering. And what, what I usually do is when I come back from these, these conferences, I organize conferences for, for, for speech therapists in order to give back some of my, my knowledge to them. I'm also, um, on the 22nd of October is International Stuttering Awareness Day. And in the next couple of months, I plan to also host a, or organize a workshop for people who stutter, which has never been held here, which is great. And online, obviously, 
because of COVID, and also do a, a workshop for, for speech therapists. Um, there's also Speakeasy, which is a self-help group for people who stutter, and I'm the chairperson of that. Just recently, we actually held an online workshop, an, an online Speakeasy meeting, which was amazing. Um, so yeah, I currently have a private practice and in, and oh, sorry, just to backtrack, um, after I came back from Australia, I opened a stuttering clinic at the Donald Gordon Medical Center. And at the moment, I'm, I currently have a private practice see, seeing a lot of people who start of all ages based in Norwood, in the Norwood, Norwood Therapy Center. So, and this is so important in terms of educating people about stuttering telling them about stuttering and what stuttering is about because people don't know about stuttering and sometimes are really afraid to talk about it. And that's, and Michael um, prompted this and I thank him for, for this because it's so good and important to, to educate people, to tell people about it, the causes, what happens, treatment, is there a way forward? So just a bit about me. Thank you. Wonderful stuff. Um, Wade, let's get on to you. Chat, tell me a little bit about who Wade Whitstock is and, uh, yeah, your story. All right. So uh, I'm a financial planner and director for Global Local. Um, I've been with Global Local for 13 years now. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of opportunities, which is quite funny because, you know, as a financial planner, one really has to use your voice and your speech Um you know, as tools, um, um, as tools of your job. So um, it's been very interesting. And um, it's actually funny because I met Michael uh, 30, I think 30 odd years ago at Speak Easy. Um, so uh, me and Michael have a very long history with our speech, <laughs> um, going back many, many years. And uh, so, yeah, that's where, you know, that's how me and Michael met. And um, we've been part of Speak Easy as well since then. Wonderful stuff. And then next up, Michael Haldane. Tell us a little bit about uh, your story. I'm 52, managing partner, founder, whatever it is, of an investment company. Happily married with uh, a couple of lovely daughters and my wife, uh, as you know, sings opera. Um, I exercise every once in a while, so that after I exercise, I can have beer. Um, speech. I've had a data since about age four, um, and it has been something that my whole life I've had to handle, deal with, uh, and unlike a physical um, um, illness, missing an arm, uh, deaf, without eyes. It is something which isn't visible. And um, through time, um, as Wade will actually outline later, um, it's a daily fight. And both of us are in a, a industry where <clears throat> we have to survive by every day talking and via talking um, uh, convincing people to invest. So both of us are in an industry which is unbelievably difficult for people that 
stutter. All right, so so let's get into um, and and Dina, maybe you can you can help us out here. Exactly, what is stuttering? Yes, thank you for that. So. Stuttering is, I mean, when you speak, you speak to communicate and it's usually a forward flow of sounds from one sound to the next, from one word to the next. Stuttering is when there's a disruption of that forward flow of speech, either by repetitions, so what I've just done, or a block where nothing comes out. And usually when a person who stutters, there's either a primary stutter, which I've just described, or secondary stuttering, where this may be accompanied by sometimes by hand movements, by leg movements, where a person is trying to force the word out. In addition to that, there may be some avoidances of words and substitution of words. And stuttering, I mean, that is all the, excuse me, the overt person, the overt stuttering, what a person can see. But stuttering can impact many areas of lives, you know, including creating a fear of public speaking, and it it can can affect the, as a child, um, you know, the socially and asking questions in class and in the workplace, people may avoid presentations or afraid of job interviews. So there's much more to stuttering than the actual overt behavior. The over, stuttering is compared to an iceberg at times. So the tip of the iceberg is the overt, what a person, what the listener may hear, may be the repetitions and the blocks, but there's a psychological component which results from the stuttering. It's not the cause. Anxiety doesn't cause stuttering. It just exacerbates it. So the psychological component, as you can imagine, if a person battles to get a word out, it's not because the person who stutters doesn't know the word. They know the word, but it just doesn't come out. So it may be accompanied by obviously embarrassment and fear and may lead to avoidance and substitution. So stuttering can be quite complex, especially as as a, as the person grows older, um, where as a child, it's just a behavior where as an adult, and Michael and Wade will chat about this as well, there becomes a psychological component in addition to the over the actual stutter. Does that, yeah, so that is what stuttering is. Wonderful stuff. This is what's involved. Uh, we're talking stuttering tonight, and my three special guests, uh, Dina Lillian, Wade Whitstock, and Michael Haldane. When we come back, we'll be finding out a little bit more about that, Um, finding out some facts and figures and what causes it, all of that when we come back. And we're back with my special guests. We have uh, Dina Lillian, who is a speech therapist, amongst other things, Wade Whitstock and Michael Haldane. So, Michael, knowing knowing you as I've come to know you, and I I want to start off, and, and this is part of the reason that I wanted to do the show, because way back when uh, you guys approached MixFM and um, you spent some time sponsoring my business show and uh, we were going to do live interviews in the old days, back in the olden times when we were allowed to be uh, sitting in a studio close to each other. And um, some of the people at the station came to me and said, listen, uh, this is what they want to do, but Michael stutters. And I thought, okay, how is this going to go out on radio? Because radio is something that that is a very immediate thing and you know voice and pitch and tone and all of those things have have a huge role to play and eventually i thought you know what 
this is something we need to do. And and Michael came on and that uh, that from that first night on, I don't think I received one complaint um, about Michael stuttering or about the quality of your voice or anything like that. And um, that is a testament both to yourself and, and to our listeners. But uh, tell me about some facts, Michael, about, about stuttering. Number one, um, we are clever people because our brains think probably a minute ahead. We think in maybe five, six sentences ahead. We think in every single word we would possibly block on, and we, we are finding words in our head which isn't on Google. So famous people, Winston Churchill, Marilyn Monroe, Aristotle, King George, have all started in their lives. Um, it is a block for me. It is a total blockage of air where I cannot get a word out. And I have good days and I have off days. And it, it is something which uh, I have spent my life thinking about um, and thinking of um, um, a cause. Why did it actually happen? And when I was about age four, um, I read a nursery little report which said, Michael plays nicely with his friends in the sand, but he has a problem with certain words. So happened from a very, very early age. No one else in my family has ever had any issues. In fact, they, they, um, my family talks more than any other, I think, and they just won't ever be quiet, but that's another issue. <laughs> uh, and it's the biggest asset I have in life because everybody has to listen harder. And once I have said something once, they will never, ever forget it. Yeah, that that that's that is true. But I mean, we're going to get on to what society does and how how society in general uh, behaves and treats people who who do stutter. Um, I just I just I find it inc I find it uh, incredibly kind of ironic that a really difficult word for a lot of people is actually stuttering. You know, I mean, and and even myself, who doesn't have much of a speech defect, uh, battles with that as well. You would have thought they could have got a, got another word for that. Anyway, um, let's move on to you, Wade, and 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 talk a little bit about causes of stuttering because so often I have heard uh, they go, "Oh yes, oh yes, so and so is a stutterer." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's childhood trauma. Uh, is that it, or is it not it? What what? Where are we with this? Right. So, you know, um, as the person who actually has a stutter, um, obviously, uh, you know, one will do quite a, quite a lot of research into this. And uh, um, I've heard so much stuff from, um, yeah, uh, like I said, childhood trauma, um, which uh, hasn't happened to me. Um, I've heard about maybe it's genetic. Um, at one stage, people, looked, um, and people were trying to find out uh, if it was genetic. Um, 
There's, I think there's so many different causes of um, people stuttering, um, David. And I think each person has a unique um, stutter. I don't think one stutter is the same as, as, as the next, um, which again, uh, will kind of make it uh, a little bit hard to care because uh, you, know, you know, I think we all have our, uh, we all have our various uh, kind of different stutters. Um, so I don't think there, there, there is one particular cause uh, that I'm aware of. Um, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, like I said, I've done quite a lot of research and, um, and there's been different cures out there. And um, kind of sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, you know. Mm, okay. Um, Dina, I want you to weigh in here on, on, on this because you, as you've st- said, and I would never have, I would never have guessed it uh, chatting to you initially, but you said that you are a stutterer as well. Yes. Uh, is there a cure? Yes, that's that's the million dollar question. And stuttering has been around for ages. If one believes in the Old Testament, Moses Moses stutters. Um, As as, uh, Michael said, even Joe Biden, the president of America, stutters. So um, is there a cure for stuttering? There, at the moment, there is no known cure for stuttering, but there's definitely ways to manage stuttering. And if you, if one goes to a speech therapist who has a special interest in stuttering, one can definitely make significant progress towards fluency and managing stuttering. Um, and managing one's fluency, I mean, as you can hear with Michael and Wade, I mean, even myself, we all stutter, but yet we're able to manage it and it doesn't, I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of Michael and Wade and they can speak for themselves as well. But for, for myself, it doesn't impact on my quality of life. I'm able to do what I want to do, when I want to do, how I want to do it. So at the moment, there's no known cure for stuttering, but there's definitely ways to manage it. Obviously, Depending, I mean, every child goes through a period of normal disfluency. 85% of children outgrow it. Some children don't. So it also depends on how old the child is, etc. But usually if a person is stuttering in, in towards, uh, towards adulthood, um, it's probably going to be there to a greater or lesser degree. Nadina, how prevalent is stuttering in our South African society? Well, um, statistics and the figures and the research the research that has been completed says 1% of the population stutters across all nationalities, all cultures, all religions, all races. Um, and I know you asked, Wade, about the, um, the etiology, the cause of stuttering. And, you know, research says, and I'm quoting here, it's a complex interplay of a number of different factors. But 65% of people who stutter, there is stuttering in the families. So there's a strong genetic link. That does not mean if there's no stuttering in your family, your child will stutter, or if there is stuttering in your family, your child will stutter. So it's, it's, it's definitely not a direct association, but there is an increased risk factor. Another interesting fact, fact is that what do you think? Is the majority of people who start a male or female, David, in your experience? Or oh, I've actually had limited, limited experience in that. I would say male. Really? Yeah, I'd say Absolutely. male. Absolutely. So one in every four is a female, one in every four or five. So the majority of people who start are male. And here we go saying that women always have the most to say. Obviously, the men do it as well. <laughs> All yes, right. So. Absolutely. So multiple causes, 
no cure. Let me move over uh, quickly back to, to Michael and uh, ask you this, Michael. Um, treatment, obviously, because Wade also mentioned, uh, I think you said speak easy. So, so is there a form of treatment? There is. So I can remember back to when I was about age seven living in Durban. I had therapy once a week and my absolute highlight was after therapy every time my mom bought me a nice chocolate. <laughs> um, and it helped for a bit. Um, I had therapy up until I think about age 11 and then um, only again as an adult. And um, I, I just had a complete mental block with therapy. It helped me, but in form me, it just felt unnatural. Um, and, um, but it, what it, it always did, it actually got me thinking that there are other people like me and that I'm not alone. And through, through absolute um, thick and thin, I just, um, every day, every sentence um, is a, a mission. I have to think of every word. I have to focus on my, my oxygen flow. It's like walking. You, if you have legs, walking is a natural function. Um, talking is a natural function for almost everybody, but not for us. We have to physically think of words. And um, um, that at times is not easy at all. I can imagine because it, just, just trying to put myself in, 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 in you guys' shoes is, is, like you said, you have to be thinking way ahead of where you're talking because you have to kind of go, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to answer? Is this a word that's a challenge for me? Is there another word that I could put in there? Um, it, it must be exhausting and I can understand why so many people would, would want to hide away. I mean, I can't imagine my life, for example, if, if I wasn't for the most part able to, to speak clearly. Um, so hats off to you guys uh, that, that are able to do it. Um, <coughs> if I can add on there, therapy, yeah. therapy works for a lot of people. Um, so, 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 so some it works for some others, but it gives all of us hope. And that is a, a vital thing. Yeah, absolutely. When we come back, I want to have a little bit of a chat uh, to, to Wade and uh, see what his feelings are on that. It is what's involved. My special guests, Dina Lillian, Wade Whitstock, Michael Haldane. We're talking stuttering. We'll be back in just a bit. And we're back with my special guests, Dina, Wade and Michael. Uh, Wade, in terms of treatment for stuttering, uh, how have you found that to be? Right, David. So... Um, 100%, you know, um, um, we have joined Speak Easy when we were fairly young, um, uh, which was quite nice because, um, first of all, it kind of shows you that you're not alone um, with, your, uh, with your speech problem, um, and you can share with um, people who are on the same page, all right? Um, speech therapy, I went for a lot of speech therapy when I was younger, and yes, it definitely did help as well. 
Um, so definitely, uh, I think I think to try and cure a speech problem, um, you, you know, um, all tools will kind of help you. Um, the way I'm speaking now was not the way I spoke uh, 30 years ago. Um, I would use a lot of hand gestures to try and bash out a word. Um, uh, so it was very difficult and frustrating. Um, then I also went out with um, a very nice lady. Um, we mentioned that maybe I should go on a public speaking course for, um, for really normal people. Um, so this is not something I would really recommend for a lot of uh, people who have a speech problem. Um, Wait. Yeah. Wait. We, we are normal. Everyone else <laughs> isn't normal. Absolutely. Absolutely, Michael. So um, it was a very frustrating and painful experience um, to actually have to go out there. I mean, it took me two weeks to say, say that my name was Wade. Um, while everyone else was onto a whole lot of um, kind of normal speeches. Um, but that wasn't the cure for my speech problem. However, um, I think it was quite a large breakthrough for me, um, as, as painful as it was. Um, and, you know, again, I also use, I do use quite a few techniques, um, trying to replace words, um, breathing techniques. Um, Michael mentioned that you're thinking two, two sentences ahead. That's 100% right, you are. You're always thinking two sentences ahead and your mind is trying to, trying to think which uh, word it's gonna block on and it's going through the various words that are gonna replace that one word. Um, so yeah, uh, it can be very frustrating. And, uh, but uh, you know, as I've grown older, I think I've uh, managed to, to, learn to uh, learn to control it a lot more. And um, uh, I think some people do tend to, to maybe outgrow it. And, um, you know, and get kind of some kind of normal speech going. All right, Dina, back to you very quickly, though, because I'm assuming with, with uh, somebody who stutters that the, the, the anxiety and the stress could also make it worse. Because if you're sitting thinking, oh, no, now I have to do this and I have to do that and I don't want to make myself look stupid or whatever the case may be, does that not also contribute to stuttering? Absolutely, David, 100%. So um, when, when I explain stuttering to parents or even to adults, we talk about the three Ps, a predisposition, a precipitating, a perpetuating factors. Everyone in life is born with a predisposition to be told to be short. The, and with a person who stutters, they are born for whatever reason. And, the, you know, research is being done in terms of the gene and stuttering and et cetera. A person who stutters for whatever reason is born with a predisposition to stutter. Stuttering usually, and there are different types of stuttering, but with a developmental person who stutters, which is the majority of, of people, you know, who I see and talking to Michael and Wade, you know, who developmental person who stutters, which is when uh, a child just doesn't grow out of that disfluency. Um, so with a developmental person who stutters, the anxiety doesn't cause the stuttering, the anxiety just exacerbates the stuttering. So it, it increases the stuttering, which is why in a stressful situation where uh, a person who doesn't stutter would be disfluent, a person who does stutter would be even more disfluent. And that's why going back to um, when you, at the beginning of the show, when you asked me about what is stuttering, I talked about the overt stutter, which a person can hear, which is your prolongations or, or your blocks and your repetitions. But the another part is your, is your covert stutter, which is the psychological impact, um, which is the anxiety. And that's why within therapy, um, 
and what Michael and Wade talked about, therapy targets, or, you know, depending on the therapist you go to, but targets giving the individual techniques to manage the moment of stuttering. So you can imagine and, you know, how helpless and disempowered a person may feel when they're trying to say a word, especially their name. And Wade was talking about this, where it took him so long to say their name. And it's ironic that a person who stutters most, not most people, but some people battle on their name. So where, where they're talking about their name and they're battling to, to say their name. So it's about giving the the tools and techniques to get the word out, but then at the same time, looking at some of the thoughts and the feelings around that. Does that make sense? That makes sense indeed. So now you talk about um, children, and, and obviously this is when in the formative years when, when stuttering becomes apparent. What about stuttering as a child versus stuttering as an adult it does does age play a role because so often and i mentioned this earlier you hear oh yeah no so and so stutters but don't worry they'll grow out of it yes and thanks for thanks for that that question and absolutely it depends on the age so like i said between the ages of two to five years old there is normal disfluency but most kids outgrow it and some some kids don't early intervention is really important so there's a difference between normal disfluency and stuttering-like disfluency. Normal, dis, uh, normal disfluency is like one or two repetitions. Uh, so stuttering disfluency is stuttering disfluency is when there's sound repetitions or blocks. So if this is picked up in like a child older than the age of five years old or a bit younger, it's important to. Get, get that child to a, to a speech therapist just to see whether it is stuttering. Because obviously, as a child develops and there becomes anxiety around it, there's, there's more to treat. And some people who stutter start to close down and shut down and don't want to talk and avoiding questions in class. And we obviously don't want a child to do that, which is why also in therapy, what's really important is empowering, empowering that individual, giving them tools and techniques where if they get stuck on a word, how do they get that word out? Yeah. Okay. So early intervention is very, very, very important. Uh, this is what's involved and we are talking stuttering tonight. Uh, when we come back, we'll be wrapping up with my three guests, Dina Lillian, Wade Whitstock and Michael Haldane. And we're back wrapping it up. Um, Michael, I want to, I want to jump across to you. Um, and one of the things that I want to get out right now is in terms of, um, non-stutterers okay what must we never ever do if somebody does stutter because the, the your your um you see now i'm getting ahead of myself here here, here comes the add um <clears throat> in terms of you as a human being if somebody's stuttering or you see them as battling the first thing you want to do is jump in and complete the word or complete the sentence um we like to think of it as as being altruistic but it's actually just I think us going, could you just hurry it up? What are your feelings there? What must we do and what must we not do? That is my absolute hate. If someone finishes my sentence on purpose, I will, um, on purpose, that word I will say for at least another 30 seconds um, just to really piss 
them off. So never ever finish a sentence or a word. If someone starts keep eye contact with them, don't look away, don't look um, embarrassed. There isn't anything to be um, embarrassed about. It's a completely natural thing. Um, and um, don't try to rush them. Um, they know what they say. They just need a bit longer time. And um, if they are really blocked um, and they're having a, a awful, awful time, you know, just sit back, relax, and let them finish. Um, um, my, I have a memory. Um, I think I was 18. I was giving and my final oral in Afrikaans, and it was meant it was an oral over five minutes. I think it took me one hour. Um, I have never seen such suffering of people before. My Afrikaans teachers hadn't a clue how to, to handle that, that situation. Um, I think just encourage them. You know, if it's family, um, love them. If it's friends, it's just how it is. If it is a, if it is someone at work um, who who um, has a problem, tell them about this show. Ask them to contact. You know, there is help. Um, there are options, um, and 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 um, um, we are just people like you. Absolutely, Wade. How do you how do you cope? I mean, you know, you're in a in a place um, at Global and Local. Both you and Michael uh, do stutter, but but how do you cope with it in your in your everyday life? Both work and home, because it can't be easy. No, it's not. Um, however, all right, you know. Um, from having a speech problem really my whole life is what I do find that from 30 years ago, maybe 40 years ago um, to where we are now, there's a much larger social awareness uh, you know, locally and worldwide with regards to people who have speech problems. Um, you know, way back then, you know, there was no Google and people didn't know how to handle it or treat it or anything like that. So, um, I do believe there's a, a much larger um, um, awareness of it now, and people understand it better than they did long ago, uh, which will also help people who have speech problems now. Um, and how I handle it is I think when I deal with a client that I actually get so involved in talking with the client that I actually forget to stuck her, I think. <laughs> That's actually quite interesting. Sorry, Michael, you wanted to add something. If I can interrupt, as Wade said earlier, uh, I've known him for 30 years. 13 years ago, I thought he would be a fantastic advisor because if in those days he was single and at pubs, he could talk beautifully to lovely ladies. So I thought this <laughs> guy talks beautifully. He'll be a fantastic 
Vesmer Pfizer. <laughs> as on the slide. But this this is an interesting thing, though. Um, this, as as Wade said, you forget to stutter. I mean, if I think back many years ago to um, what was his name, Gareth Gates. He was on one of those America's Got Talent or Pop Idol or whatever it was. Um, he he really battled speaking, and yet he sang like an absolute angel. Dina, is that something that that happens if you get out of one situation into another? Yes. Um, you know, there is some interesting facts about stuttering is that people who stutter don't stutter when they sing, usually. They don't stutter when they talk to animals. Um, and in terms of singing, I mean, it's an observa interesting observation that there's no single answer for why this phenomenon occurs. Scientists and researchers have worked hard to answer many difficult questions. However, with singing, there's still a debate. There's evidence that when the brain functions differently for singing than it does for talking, and music uses the right side of the brain where speaking uses the left side of the brain. And at the moment of stuttering, it's found that there's less activity at the moment of stuttering in the language areas. So, I mean, the question is, does it, did the less activity cause the stuttering or did the stuttering cause the less activity? Is it the chicken before the egg, egg before the chicken? We don't know. But so for singing, it, um, you use a different side of the brain. And also with singing, there's no time pressure and no communicative pressure. But that's something that's really known that when a person sings, they don't stutter. When they rap, you don't stutter. When you talk in unison, one person doesn't stutter or whisper. So those are what, some of the interesting phenomenon around stuttering. It is, it is truly something fascinating, but for somebody that lives with stuttering, I can only imagine the challenges. And, and again, I'll say to you, the three of you, you're incredibly brave for, for being open about this and talking about this. Um, let me start off uh, with uh, you, Michael, as we wrap up here. When did you win this mental game over stuttering? When did you get to the stage where you were just like, screw it, I stutter, I'm going to make my life a success anyway? To be honest, uh, there were a couple of events. So around 15 hours. No, longer. I was age 27. My daughter was under a month old. I had a monthly debit orders, um, which were in excess of what I had in the bank. And I was tired of my job. And I left my job and I could only find a job as a life agent and investment advisor. And I thought this is the hardest possible job I can do. In order to survive, I have to talk. And at that time, I really, every third word was a block. Within a couple of months, um, at my agency, out of about 15 people, I was number one. And all of them looked at me in amazement and said, why? And I said, because I... I data it makes me different. That was number one. Number two, um, Dina, I had therapy with her nine years ago, 10 odd years ago, because I had to, at our company um, annual conference, I had to give the um, the the opening remarks. I was MC and up until that time, I'd always asked 
someone else. And I thought, mm -mm, enough now. I have to get up there and talk. And I had um, about five or six sessions with uh, with her, Dina, and um, on the morning of of, of that uh, lecture talk, I just woke up and thought, just be yourself. And from then, it hasn't been an issue anymore. Wonderful stuff. Uh, Wade, your, your story, when, when did you also just go, listen, this is it, this is who I am, um, kind of deal with it? Well, I think, David, uh, for me, I think it's an everyday challenge. <laughs> um, you know, you, you, it's, a, it's there every day and you have to work with it every day. Um, what I do when I end up having a really bad block is I put myself into uh, really uncomfortable positions, like maybe I'll do five cold calls to, to people I don't know. Um, you know, and uh, I just put myself into uncomfortable, uncomfortable positions uh, to um, just, just to reaffirm that I can do it. Mm. Yeah, so talk about a challenge. That most certainly is. And Dina, yourself, because I think it's quite amazing that uh, you are a stutterer yourself and yet you've gotten into the field that you've gotten into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've done that and it's been amazing, the journey for myself, the journey helping individuals. I mean, Michael's journey, you know, I've met. I know Michael and Wade, I, went th I met them years ago at Speakeasy. I mean, I was 16 at the time. Um, and it's amazing, you know, Wade talks about, um, you know, being alone and, you know, in terms of stuttering and not knowing. And this is what Speakeasy is. It's a self-help group for self-help group for people who stutter. Um, and that's when my journey started as a person who stutters. And then I obviously became a speech therapist. And I mean, it's, you know, and through, 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 through that, through working with people who started, you know, I always say I'm quite lucky because I can decide which side of the table to sit on to be a speech therapist or a person who stutters. But, you know, um, it's, it's, you know, it's been an incredible journey for me and it still is, you know, and the whole thing now and this show is getting stuttering out there, educating people about it. Um, Michael was talking about um, when he was saying his speech at school and schools, some teachers don't even know how to deal with stuttering. You know, um, I saw an individual yesterday for therapy. He's 42 at the times and he's, you know, his teacher made him stand up in front of a class and say an oral, you know, and that's just because of lack of, of education. And it's, you know, it's important. And this is part of the show and why we all on it to just teach people about it the best way to help a person who stutters, um, you know, and whether it's, you know, it's there, there's an element of internal motivation which is so important and as Michael talked about he woke up one day and he decided that's it Wade talks about a continuous you know working on yourself and that's and that's what it is for for most people who stutter once people have the tools it's it's that mind power which is really important and um, you know whether whether people 
go to a therapist and achieve it by um, learning tools and techniques, by a speech therapist who has a special interest in stuttering, or by attending a self-help group, Speakeasy. And I'm just going to put give, give the um, give the address if anyone wants to see it. It's speakeasy.org.za. That's S-P-E-A-K-E-A-S-Y.org.za. It's a lovely opportunity to meet other people who stutter because people who stutter sometimes don't know that they aren't alone. So, so all of this is just a journey and then, you know, encouraging individuals when, when they're having a difficult time or, you know, a difficult phone call like Wade, um, or like Wade, like Wade chatted about. Wonderful stuff. So, so the single best, just before I let you guys go, the single best place then to start off is speakeasy.org.za. So um, what do you do if, you, if you're if a parent and you're listening to this and uh, your child has uh, a speech problem? Where, where would you go there? Speakeasy, the same place? Well, I, I think that there's no one answer. I think, you know, if, if one wants a self-help group to meet other people who stutter, you know, speak easy as a place. Otherwise, contacting a speech therapist who has a special interest with, with, with stuttering is a really, you know, good place to start, you know, and that speech therapist will guide the individual in terms of whether the child needs therapy, um, you know, if the child's below five years old or a child or an adult who wants to address their their stuttering because there is hope you know and some people are in such a dark place about their stuttering and avoid situations they in you know in, at work if you can imagine if they and as Michael said along you know many times he would avoid giving presentations children in class may avoid answering questions may play dumb when it's their turn they leave and go to the bathroom, in inverted commas, just because they have that fear of speaking. So, you know, there is hope out there. And I think to, to contact a speech therapist who has a special interest in stuttering, they will come to contact me um, as well. Um, I'll, you know, I'll give you my, my phone number or my, uh, my email address is dina.lilian at gmail.com. That's dina.lilian. Lillian at gmail.com or speak easy or a speech therapist who has a special interest in stuttering. Wonderful stuff. And that wraps it up for this particular uh, part of what's involved. Dina, Wade, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time out and having a chat to us. Uh, we wish you all the best going forward and uh, hopefully people will become more aware of this and it'll become easier to talk about and to address. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you, David. It's an absolute pleasure. And there we go. Wraps it up for uh, what's involved. Until next time, look after yourselves. Take care. And thank you for listening.